Welcome to the Growth Equation Podcast. We're your hosts, Brad Stahlberg and Steve Magnus. Steve, my main man, how you doing today? Doing great. All right. You just launched a book. How's it feel to have it out in the world? It's amazing. I mean, I'm glad people are reading it and the feedback has been fantastic. So it feels wonderful. It's well-deserved feedback. It's a wonderful book. If y'all haven't bought it yet, definitely check it out. It's called Do Hard Things. We'll have a link in the show note. It just dropped about a week and a half ago. And um, it is the best book I've read in a very long time. And if you dig our podcast, you will absolutely dig Steve's book. The other way to support us is to check out our Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash the growth equation. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. You get access to an exclusive book club where we bring in best-selling authors to discuss their work. You've got guides to resilience, to training, to sustainable success. You get signed copies of our books, stickers, all sorts of neat goodies. So uh, check us out on Patreon. All right. So let's dive into this week's topic, which is reader suggested, which is essentially is this. Should we quit something? Or do we display grit and just push our way through? <laughs> this is actually a, a part of Do Hard Things and actually a part of the, the deleted chapter, if you got that with the bonus material, if you haven't you know, checked that out. But I think it's this interesting dichotomy because essentially, when do we know when to persist and when do we know when to just pull the plug? Because it's not about just... You know, toughness isn't about just persist, persist, persist. Sometimes the right decision is to find something better to do. Yeah. You know, grit works until it gets in the way. That's the easiest way, the way that I can I can frame it. Um, so you can put your head down and you can be persistent and you can keep pushing and that gets you really far. But if you don't know how to release from that, then eventually you get into a situation where perhaps the right thing to do would have been to step away. And we see this often with individuals um, in their careers where they might be in an organization or a company culture that's not the right fit for them or even in a role of it they've outgrown or that perhaps they were never really meant for to begin with. And because their grit got them into that situation, they continue to lean on it thinking that things will just get better if they can tough it out when in fact the right thing to do is to leave. So then, of course, the big question becomes, well, how do you know when to leave, when to quit versus when to keep going? And um, a heuristic that I like to use with my coaching clients, well, I got two. The first is to ask yourself, does it feel like you are delaying the inevitable or does it feel like you're sticking around because there's a real chance that something might change? And if the answer is that you're delaying the inevitable, then almost always it just makes sense to do the thing now. Now, if you're fully vested or your company is about to IPO or get acquired and there's a huge financial payday, okay, wait six months, wait a year. But if you don't have a milestone like that that might change your life and it still feels like you're delaying the inevitable, then I'm a big fan of ripping the Band-Aid off. You only live once. You don't want to be in a bad situation. The other heuristic that I like to use, no surprise, is to look at your core values so your guiding principles, the things that matter most to you, and ask yourself a twofold question. The first is, can I practice them here? And if the answer is no, then it's probably not a good place to be. If the answer is yes, then you might want to ask yourself, well, should I change the way I'm practicing them? Might that help this work feel better? 
So for instance, often what happens is people feel like their work is overwhelming. And sometimes that has to do with the structure, the culture, the company that they're in. But other times it actually has to do with them and their inability to set boundaries. And they think that if, oh, if I just left this firm and went to another one, this problem would go away. But no, the problem is your inability to set boundaries, whether you work for the federal government, biggest bureaucracy there is, or for the most intense law firm, it doesn't matter. You're the kind of person that doesn't know how to set boundaries and stop. And that's the problem. Yeah, I love that. You're essentially, it's, it's the assessment piece. Is it coming from internal you? Like you are going to carry this problem around or is it coming from external? It's the environment that you are in that is putting you in this position. And sometimes it can be a combination of both. So when I left McKinsey and Company, for me, I always say, and I still say, the mix of the firm and its culture and my temperament wasn't the right fit. If I had a very different temperament, it might be the right fit. If the culture was very different, it might be the right fit. But the mix of the culture and my temperament was not the right fit. Yeah, often it's this mixed, murky world of both, and it's about splitting that apart. A couple other things that I think are important important in understanding or making this assessment is a what I call is where are you on the spectrum between goal pursuit and goal disengagement there's some wonderful research on this but essentially I'm going to use the athletic example when I'm running a race let's say you sign up for a marathon you might have thoughts to quit so that goal disengagement voice is there but that goal pursuit voice or that goal pursuit, you know, motivation is still very high, even though you're having thoughts of quitting. So on that spectrum, you have it almost balanced to degree. So you keep going forward, right? If you get injured or pull something or something feels really off, that goal disengagement goes really up. So what I look at is where are you? How loud are those voices? And often what you see is if that goal disengagement voice is screaming and there is no goal pursuit voice or motivation, then we should listen to the disengagement. Because even in the dis the incredibly hard things that we do, often that pursuit voice is loud enough where it's like, okay, I still care about this thing. I should still do it. I call it like, how chaotic is your mind? Meaning if your mind is entirely that devil on your shoulder with no counter voice, that's often a good, uh, a, a good you know, uh, example of what you should listen to. The, the other part on this that I think might be a little bit more helpful is how do you create not only that awareness, but that perspective, which to me is when you're in this thick of should I quit or should I persist, it's how do you zoom out? Because often then those moments we're like zoomed in, we're narrow because when we feel the pressure, when we feel like, oh my gosh, my future job career is on the line and I have to figure out what to do, whether to go left or right, right now, it narrows us. And when we narrow, we only see what's right in front of us, the here and now. We often, you know, don't have that perspective to see the big picture. So to me, it's, you know, living in that narrow world can be beneficial to get through some difficult moments, right? If <laughs> you're in the thick of things, sometimes it literally is that next step, taking that next step forward and only that next step. But things like asking yourself, 
Well, what would what advice would a friend give me? Asking yourself, well, how would I see this in five, 10 years? Would this be a big problem or is this a minor blip on the road, right? Zooming out. And then the last thing I'd add to, you know, the great things you said, especially on values, is I would also do what I'd call a needs assessment, which is what do you need from the work or the thing that you're pursuing that you're thinking about quitting, right? What psychological needs does that thing fulfill? And is it doing that? And if it's not, well, are you okay with that? Can you get those needs fulfilled somewhere else? Or do you need to change because like this environment, this work, this thing that you're doing is never going to give you, you know, what you need? Yeah. And sometimes that means you change the job or sometimes that means you change in other areas of your life. So it's very, very challenging to have a job that provides you with intense amount of meaning and belonging, wonderful hours and naturally set boundaries and good pay. Almost impossible to find all three of those things. So if you don't want to work longer hours and you don't want to have your work on your mind, guess what? your job probably can't be that meaningful because if it was meaningful, you'd work longer hours and you'd be thinking about your job. So then you've got to find that meaning somewhere else. If you want your work to be a place where you show up and you don't worry about bonding too closely with your colleagues, nothing wrong with that. But then you want to find that belonging somewhere else. The flip side is if you really care about your work and you find it deeply meaningful, then you ought to communicate that to the other people in your life and help them help you set boundaries so you're not constantly upsetting them. Exactly. And I think that's where it becomes really clear. And, you know, I had to do this recently is uh, when I shifted jobs and work is that in my old job coaching college athletes, I was going to have this need fulfilled or this thing that I like doing, which is working with young people all the time, like seeing progress in their coaching, seeing people every day to help them. Now I just get to talk to Brad every day. So, right, it changes stuff. But but I had to ask, like, okay, if I can't get all of that in this area, am I A, okay with that? And then B, how do I fulfill that somewhere else? Because writing obviously isn't as a interactive of a, a place or space. So <laughs> it's helpful going through kind of these things instead of just creating a, you know, pros and cons list, but thinking, what is your job providing? What do you need to get out of that? And can I get those needs uh, somewhere else and be as fulfilled? And that kind of process, wrestling with that, is often quite helpful. I want to end with two really impactful, uh, I guess one is like a metaphor and the other is a rule. The rule first. Someone once told me when I was way back in undergraduate school, and man, has it borne true since then, is that there's three things any job can offer. There's lifestyle. There is income or compensation. And then there's challenge and stimulation. And you can almost never get three. If you get all three how you want it, never leave that job. But most people, you can get two. Two of the three. So you choose your two of the three wisely. So that's the rule. And then the metaphor to get to this grit versus quit is the myth of Sisyphus. 
right? Constantly pushing the rock up the hill and then the rock falls back down and then constantly pushing the rock up the hill again and then the rock falls back down. There's all kinds of interpretations. One interpretation, this is Camus' interpretation, is that life is absurd and life in many ways is just pushing a rock up the hill and then rolls back down and we need to learn how to find joy in that absurdity. Another way that you can think about it is Sisyphus could have just walked away from the mountain and found a different one where the rock's going to stay up at the top. So no one is forcing you to keep pushing the ball up the hill if it comes back down. It can feel like you're trapped, but you can just walk away from that mountain and find another mountain where, again, the ball's going to stay up at the top or the rock's going to stay up at the top. So if you feel like every day is Sisyphus, and you've gone through some of these other strategies, you've tried to job craft, you've tried to change how you practice your values, you've tried to fill your needs elsewhere, but it still just feels like all I do is I show up and I push this thing up the hill and then it wallops on me, then find a different hill. Like No one is forcing you. Grit can be applied really well, but it can also be stupid. Absolutely. It can definitely get in the way, and that's where you have to almost like counter it. And the, the one thing that I'd add to that is the reason that often our, us high performers or people who are pushers often get in this situation where grit can get in the way is because of their ego trying to protect themselves. Because we live in this society where it's like, yes, grit is valued and we should push, push, push. And often we see quitting as losing, as being a loser, as this negative thing that takes away our kind of, hey, you know, this is what I'm good at. And if I don't do this job, I'm not going to feel good about myself. So often our ego is that voice that is screaming at us to stop, to, you know, to quit or to keep. Sorry, it's our ego screaming, screaming at us to protect ourselves, to keep pushing, to never give up. And we all we can kind of trick ourselves into thinking like, oh, we should never give up. The reality is sometimes that's the best choice. So you need to realize, is your ego getting in the way as well? Is it trying to protect you from, let's say, the psychological harm of quitting? Um, and kind of just deal with that and understand that. And if you can do that, then you're going to be in a better place. Love it. Knowledge is knowing the thing and wisdom is knowing when to use the thing. So grit. That's knowledge, wisdom. When do you apply it? When do you keep pushing the rock up the mountain versus when do you say, screw this, I'm going to find another hobby altogether, another job, another relationship, another sports team to root for, you name it. As someone that was born and raised in Detroit, growing up a Detroit Lions fan, I had a lot of grit and then eventually I just quit. <laughs> you, made the, you made the right choice. You know, same with their quarterback who went on to win a Super Bowl once he finally quit the Lions. So there's there's a lesson in there. Quit, find another environment. You can become Super Bowl champion. That's it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We wanted to keep this short and sweet because it's very actionable. If you enjoyed it, again, um, sign up for our Patreon. Check out Do Hard Things. And please, you know, let us know what you like about this podcast or what we could improve. It's We're always trying to get better at it. So give us some feedback. Hit us up on social media, and we uh, love trying to get better. So until next time, everybody, thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to the Growth Equation Podcast. Learn more about our work and find show notes at our website, www.thegrowtheq.com. Follow us on Twitter, at B. Stahlberg and at Steve Magnus. And if you like what you listen to, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, as this goes a long way in helping it reach others.